lost continent, the lost people. Where do they go? What happened to them? Does it really exist? Or was Plato high on drugs? We don't know. Guest today says he's found Atlantis. David, how are you doing? Paul, Andrea, I'm doing good. And by the way, I just want to help you with that intro. Plato could have been high on drugs and told us accurate information about Atlantis. <laughs> I'm just and trying this, to I, be funny. <laughs> I know, but this is this is the world we're coming into. No, it was a perfect setup because a lot of times we say A or B, and the answer is A and B. So we'll get into all that. And a little bit of C. Or D or E or F, I don't know. Or ayahuasca. Oh, that Lord. could be true, too. Have you done ayahuasca? Oh, oh. God, no. I have. No. Oh wow! Okay, so we we okay. So right off the bat, we're we're on a different subject, but that's okay. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Ayahuasca is it's interesting to me because they're they're starting to do some some research at the at the physician level with these type of drugs, and they're finding that it cures a lot of PST, PS, PTSD. PTSD. Can't speak today, and um, it's helping people who have really emotional issues, and it's it they think it has something to do. With the front left portion of your prefrontal cortex. And it's hitting something in there and it's either causing more synapses, less synapses, the shielding on the synapses. They don't really know what's going on because obviously you can't just cut somebody open, look, put it back together and say, okay, try it again. That doesn't work. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, they have the same challenge with cats. They can't exactly figure out how they purr because they can't get the damn thing cut open while it's purring. I, I would I would think that's that's true. Yes, it is true. No, I, Paul, Paul, I'm, I am not going to lie to you, brother. Everything Give me your fluffy. Everything I say is true. But for the You're Iowatha, not. What, for the Iowatha, what happens is in in my experience, I only did it once. My experience wasn't really that great, um, but it leaves you feeling calmer, and I, I don't know why. And and you feel like you figured something out. You don't know what. Yeah. Um, but if you, and so and I I am I think I'm a little calmer. Um, well, like and six months ago, you, you have to, with ayahuasca and those different types of drugs, LSD, things like that, mushrooms, um, you have to be in a good place when you start. I mean, you, that's what we've been told. And overwhelmingly, that's the, 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 the thought process. Even the scientists are like the people who are troubled and don't try to meditate beforehand when they, you know, just kind of sit and calm themselves, just trip out and have really bad experiences. Even in the science papers. I don't know. Just God bless the nurses who have to totally like deal with those patients. Because if it's anything like the my emergency room experience, your patients get short when they just act, start acting strange. Well, you can't blame them if they're short. I mean, that's just genetics. They're just oh, stop. Tall. But climbing the walls, saying bugs are flying around. Ew. Oh, there's a guy now that I know. It's got, he's got scabies. But unfortunately it's all he's also got a mental issue so now he's just picking himself dead he's gonna end up he thinks bugs are everywhere oh yeah it's i've crazy. seen that i say yeah. take your medication yes take your medication stop stop thinking you know what's going on because you don't but so you you are an expert on atlantis well, I know a lot about Atlantis. I don't know. I'm an expert at a lot of things. I don't know that anyone is really an expert on Atlantis because it's such a, a difficult space. 
but I can talk for an hour about it. <laughs> well, so you now tell us a little bit about your writings and your in your books. You got a couple series. You've written you've written more books than than I've read. <laughs> I don't know how to do that math. So, um, yeah. So I mean, so my so I mean, if to give the intro to Dave, um, I so barely Dave managed again. To, huh? Oh, me. never mind. Sorry, this yeah, is me okay. being a jerk. <laughs> yeah, so I barely made it out of high school. I did get into college, but I flunked out, joined the military, got incredibly lucky. Uh, I was what they call a counterintelligence agent. I, I scored good on what they, on the ASVAB test, so oh, I yeah. got into that. And it was a cool gig, man. I mean, I, I was part of the team that arrested Noriega. I was oh. in Panama when we invaded. I was in Honduras confiscating uh, DC-9s flying cocaine into uh, Texas. Uh, all kind, I did all kinds of stuff in my Do state. Do you know anything just, about the MENA stuff? MENA? Mm-mm. Because that's where they were running Iran-Contra drugs. Oh, you know, well, here's Iran. I, I did six months in so, the Sotocano Air Base in Honduras. And it was about two years after Iran-Contra. But that was the base they were flying all the weapons into to get them to the Contra. Yeah. And I had no idea. Um, but when I was there, I was certainly walking past people that were part of it and all that. And I, I, I just later learned that. In fact, I learned that researching my first book, uh, Panama Red. Well, it's not my first book. It's my best-selling. It's the only book people have read. <laughs> and uh, it's a series, and it's kind of based. I said it in 1988, so, uh, you know, they say write what you know. It's I'm not in the book. It's not I'm not projecting into the book, but I'm writing about events in the time period that I, yeah. I experienced in the location. And when I was doing the research for that book, because the characters go to this, this air base in Honduras, and I started reading about Iran Contra, I was like, oh, my Lord. Yeah. I was right in the middle of it, uh, and I had no idea. So, so yeah, I think that the thing about that is, is the general public gets mixed up. They think the government was sending drugs or was taking drugs as payment for the guns, but it, it, what it was is the pilots were running the guns down there, and they realized they get a free pass coming back into the country. So they're like, "Oh, well, I'll just load this son of a bitch up with drugs, and no one's going to check." Hell yeah! And that's yeah. what and that's what they did. I, the government didn't know they were doing it. Because it was everybody seemed to be doing it at the time. All the people that were running stuff down there. Yep. And I was there for the cleanups. I was there after all after they figured all that out. Um, so we're talking like 1990. Um, I was there and the Colombians, Escobar, was still flying DC-9s up and landing them there. Not, nothing to do with the airbase at that point. Yeah. Um, but, but it was just it was an efficient route. You could refuel in Honduras and then make it into Texas. Um, and when they landed, we try and figure out where they're going to land by tracing, you know, the, the fuel. So you can there's something to follow. Yeah. And then we would try and find where they land. And when they landed, we'd confiscate the planes. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, it's, it's like I, I really think that's what happened. I think the government was just, they turned the blind eye so that way the guys would still run the drugs or run the guns. And th- instead of flying an empty plane back, Andrea, they, yeah. they, they'd fly back $10 million worth of stuff and they'd get to keep $500,000. Why not? I mean, you know, I mean, you got a free pass. Nobody's, you're guaranteed no one's going to look at your plane. We, so. we would call that a good gig. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Making some money. Yeah, but so, so I've written a bunch of fiction books. I've got uh, uh, the, uh, the Panama Red series, which is a series of books. And I've also written some sci-fi books, some uh, paranormal books that I know you don't believe in. Uh, the, no, books do, uh, the, the books I, do I exist. I believe in books some exist. paranormal stuff. I mean, <laughs> but those are stories. <laughs> yeah. just, and then I've written about, an, about 20 of those and then about 20 or so uh, historical books, and one of which is a book on where Atlantis is, um, among other things. So tell us a little bit about, so where could we find these books? Uh, I, to, to quote a line from you, 
Uh, any half-assed, decent online retailer is going to have them. <laughs> <laughs> He's listening to my podcast now. Yeah, he is. <laughs> hey, let me tell you, things I want to know, right? I mean, there are things I want to know, and if this is a place I can find them. He's done his research, man. I don't know. What, I'm going to have to quit. Just let Andrew hang on to this one, because I'm just going to go in the other room and cry. Oh. <laughs> I got nothing bad to say. You don't need to cry. Um. But you get out on Amazon, or do you have a website that they can go yeah, check the, out? Yeah, the okay, yeah, the website's frequency99.com. The nines are numbers, frequency99.com. Um, and uh, also for the history stuff, I just launched a new YouTube channel called A History of, uh, which literally just launched a week ago. So if anyone's listening and you want to do me a favor, just go subscribe to that channel. Okay, you can get to a YouTube forward slash the at sign A History of all lowercase. All right, look here. So I'm going to do that right now. And that'd be fantastic. So what type of stuff is on this YouTube channel? Because I'm a big history buff. Well, we're starting with Atlantis, which um, I know something about. And the idea, it, the different, this channel is different because it basically starts off uh, very methodically. And uh, it goes, it, it picks a topic and it goes through it from front to back in great detail. Uh, so the first season's Atlantis. We'll pick something else for the second season. Give me that and uh, I think channel I've got six name videos again. Up. Yeah. Give me your channel name again. A History of. A. All. History. Yeah, a history of all lowercase. Um, and you, so on YouTube, you do dot com forward slash, you do a little at sign and you yeah. do a history of, yeah, and hit enter. Yeah, I've got my YouTube pages used to get traffic, but not anymore. No, I, I'll, I, get I, you new com- I'll get you a new computer. The, the 1988 uh, IBM you have might, you know, <laughs> might not be able to load the page. <laughs> so, what kind of topics are you wanting to cover on this YouTube channel? I want to take topics that are considered um, fringe or marginally fringe. Okay. Um, and I want to find one that when I do my research on it, looks like it, it might be provable, but it's sitting right on that edge. And then I want to use the YouTube channel to see if we can prove it. Hmm. That would and be interesting. Yeah. yeah. No, it is interesting. And I'm people, I think, appreciate the fact that it's not um, arm-waving – you know, silliness about Atlantis. It's a very methodical. And, you know, we talked about my history. When I got out of the Army, I, I, I started a company. I've actually got three companies I started. They're still running. Um, I finished. I told you I dropped out of school I, when I got out of the Army because I figured school was pretty good. I actually now have three master's degrees. I have a doctorate in engineering. I was president of Aspen University for a number of years. Nice. So I have a foot in the academic community. I have my, all my military counterintelligence training stuff. And I'm a nerd. So I've, got, <laughs> I've got a foot in the nerd community, uh, which where is you know where I like the Atlanta stuff and alternate history and all that cool stuff. So you're you're um, have a grounding in science. You know, yes, where there's things that can't be proven. Mm-hmm. So what would you think as far as Atlantis? What what is the things that you that people haven't figured out yet? Well, the thing with Atlantis is it's very easy. Well, hold on, let me back all the way up. Atlantis is a box that has just been beaten to death. Yeah. So let's start with that, right? Because the, the problem with Atlantis and a lot of these fringe topics is they've been around a long time. Everyone has pretty much said everything that can be said. Maybe not all in one sentence, but you know, you've heard everything. People kind of pick up on the stuff they like and then they choose to believe that. Yeah. So I've had people tell me that um, Atlantis was is the moon. Uh, Atlantis <laughs> is the, the the people you meet along the way. Atlantis was, uh, you know, America. Atlantis was this. Atlantis was that. And they believe it. I mean, 
some people believe it uh, very firmly. I know you mentioned you listened to the Coast to Coast AM. One of the callers was a guy. Yeah, I listened who, to the Coast to Coast AM. We, we had a pr- small prior conversation before we started recording the podcast, and I was talking to him. But uh, you know, I'm 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 skeptic on some paranormal stuff, and I've so I'm not necessarily a believer in all of it. Andrea is more of a believer than I am, I guess. Yeah, I guess I would, guess I would say so. Yeah, and um, even though she's the more analytical one, um, but. Uh, you know, I just I, I I've listened to all this stuff. There's Dave at uh, Darkness Radio. I liked him a lot. He was funny, uh, but he's no longer. I guess he's selling carpet now because you know radio. You can't make a living in radio. <laughs> yeah, make a living writing books. So, so I, I've listened to all the. You know, I've listened to all this stuff. Um, my, my favorite one is the. Uh, I always forget the name of that podcast, but I listened to all this stuff. So, it's. Not because I don't believe it or want to debunk it. It's just because it's interesting. And it's like, hmm, well, okay. And I tried to grab the, this is what the what things I want to know kind of thing is I want to know about it, but out of what, 90% of the stuff you hear, what, 10% of it can actually be true sometimes? Uh, prob- probably less. <laughs> probably less. Probably at least he's probably honest. Less. He's honest. I like this guy. He's honest. Well, you know, I'm, 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 you know, honest is a, is a strong word. Uh, <laughs> I am. Um, here's, here's what I'm trying to do. You don't sell do. cars on the weekend, do you? Uh, no, I've tried to sell cars and I was terrible at it. <laughs> well, um, because you're honest. Well, yeah. Well, but I, what, so, so my proposition around Atlantis is incredibly well-researched and it is uh, grounded only in real theory, meaning that I don't, I made a rule that you can't just say, well, the mainstream archaeologists are wrong, or Plato was stupid and he was high and he he wrote. Yeah, he didn't mean nine thousand years; he meant nine hundred years. You know, none of that. It's got to it's got to literally fit into the information that we have. Yeah, and it's got to fit into our current understanding within within reason. Yeah, of who we are on this planet, how long we've been here, what we were doing. Um, so the goal of it is to have a grand unifying theory that doesn't contradict any uh, current history and includes or physics. Or, you know, like or, fi- or physics, or yeah, or or reality, or any of that stuff. Um, and then I want to include as many of the other theories as I can. E- either and, and I might include them by saying that's not a valid theory, or I might include it by saying, you know, people saying one, two, and three, but if you really say three, four, and five, it fits in this way. Yeah, and that's what that's the work I'm doing. And what's going to happen when I'm done with this? Uh, when I'm done with the the videos in the channel, which is what's will probably be a couple months. Um, I think. The whole world is going to change. I, I truly believe that. I think people will, will watch it. We've got to get it seen. They, that's the problem. And then as a writer, well, you know, as a filmmaker myself and as a writer yourself, we know that breaking through and getting the mass market attention is almost damn near impossible. Really? Uh, yeah. That word almost. It's it's I mean, it it sometimes is impossible. Yeah. Completely agree. It's all about <laughs> who you know in this business. It is. I mean, I went to I went to the Discovery Channel. I did a whole formal pitch to them on a documentary on this and all that. And then they got bought and, you know, everything Disney. fell apart. So they they got uninterested. Well, no, they're not um, Disney. That's Nat Geo got bought by Disney. No, they got, I don't even know what it was. They got bought by somebody. And, yeah. And then they, they weren't worried about Atlantis documentaries anymore. They were all off. Yeah. Worried about well, their jobs we, or whatever. My, so. my current job where I work at Explore Scientific, who helps underwrite the music on this program, just so you know, um, yes. they uh, uh, we have a license for Discovery. So we sell Discovery products and we sell National Geographic products. So I'm actually quite involved in some of that leadership change. So it's it can be you know. it can be yeah. sticky. 
I was on the outside. All I know, you know, you, you've got the two people you're talking to, and all of a sudden they don't want to talk to you anymore because they're busy. They're not mean. They're just doing something else. That's exactly right. They're just, yeah. they're, 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 you're, they're after the low-hanging fruit first. Right. And, right. you know, as a movie guy who's or a story writer that hasn't been picked up by Penguin or Random House or something like that, then we're not low-hanging fruit. I wonder who owns the app. I listen. I was an app that I downloaded called Wondrum that loves all this history type, nerdy type stuff, educational stuff. I wonder if they would pick up this. If he had the science in, in order, they probably would. Because I like yeah. it because it's fact checked and I, I like to learn. I'm kind of a nerd too. So got to have the science in order for stuff like that. It's like master class. You have to have your science in order but, or be a, a, a celebrity. But it was like there's some really cool stuff on there. I don't think they have anything on Atlantis or stuff like that, but it's pretty open to like all different types of topics and genres and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, for God's sakes, they had one lecture series on the occult. I think we can have Atlantis. Yeah, on you there. can have Atlantis on there. Look, honestly, give me their information. I'll, I'll contact them. I've contacted Gaia. Um, and part of what I'm doing on Gaia won't help you produce anything, but if you come to them with a fully produced series, yeah. you can then enter into negotiations. So I'm too early for them. So actually what I'm doing is with the YouTube channel, it's just like you said, I'm throwing all the information out there. I've got the book. I've got many people who have looked at it. It's been criticized. And I've addressed the criticisms. And I'm going through all the information on the YouTube channel for the same reason. I want to vet it, and I want to get a broad uh, opinion on it. And then once I have, you know, that'll be the final bake, and I'll try and bake it into some type of yeah. moderate production. And then I, I can go to Gaia, or if there's a place that I could go to earlier with the content that would help me produce it. And by help, give me, give me money. (laughs) (laughs) Money's money's what makes everything run, man. Yeah. Um, Unless you're that guy that stopped me at the uh, Walmart gas station the other day. And he said, that's just paper. It's counterfeit money, monopoly money. And I bought an airport with it. Remember that guy? Oh gosh. God. I run into crazy people all the time. Yeah. So let's, let's get a grounding for people who don't know what Atlantis is. All they know is, you know, the Disney version. Yeah, all they know is Stargate Atlantis at best. So sure. So I'll, I'll, let me give you let me give you the same pitch that every or the same explanation that, that everyone gives you, and then if you want, I can expand on it to the one I would normally start with. Absolutely. But basically, what everyone knows about Atlantis um, is that uh, it was a long time ago. Pretty, pre, pre, people pretty much know this guy Plato wrote it down. They don't know whether it's real or not. They don't know if it was an oral tradition or something else. They kind of know that it has to do with the ocean. And that there's a city with rings and that maybe sunk under the bottom of the sea. So maybe it's still down there and there's still mer people living in it or not. Who knows? Maybe there's a nuclear submarine. Maybe they were built by UFOs. Maybe there was a death ray. Maybe they built the pyramids, that kind of stuff. <laughs> That's what people know about Atlantis. Death rays. <laughs> I want the yeah. death ray. I have some neighbors that I really, you know. Oh, gosh. Stop. <laughs> Oh, you know, so, some people believe. In fact, on on that on the coast to coast AM, I uh, the, when the guy who called in, he was the assistant scientist to the death ray division of Atlantis when it all went haywire. Oh um, yeah, that's wonderful. He's he's he also the, uh, the the beneficiary of the Lazarus experiment. Okay, I don't know what you know what that is. <laughs> I'm just screwing around. Yeah. But so anyway, so so that's what people kind of know about Atlantis. Um, to take it a step farther, what I think Atlantis was. Um, was a civilization uh, that existed a long time ago that was advanced in within the context of what it meant to be around in like 9600 BC. Yeah, pre-Bronze so, Age. Oh, uh, well, yeah, by 
Bronze Age was like 1300 BC. Yeah. So this is this is 8,000 years uh, before the Bronze Age. Just a long time ago. Uh, and this guy Plato wrote it down, and I meticulously kind of go through what I call the chain of custody for the information. Plato tells us a lot of things. Now, Plato is an interesting dude. He um, founded the first university called the Academy. Well, yeah, we uh, use it for learning how to write. Yeah, yeah, no, he's yeah. So he's he, and, and he's a known historical figure, and he's generally trustworthy. Now, some people will say that he generally. likes to use what's that generally. Generally, generally trustworthy. Well, for example, he has a dialogue. He wrote, we've, we've broken his dialogues down into three phases. Pretty obvious. The early stuff, the middle stuff, and the late stuff. Uh, in the late stuff, he has this one dialogue called The Laws. And in The Laws, the dude goes sci-fi bonkers, man. We never talk about this. It's, <laughs> it's, an, it's an incredibly tedious and boring and long, big dialogue to read. Uh, that's what he wrote. He, what he did, he wrote what we call dialogues, which is basically he recorded what people talked about. Uh, but interesting stuff, not not day to day stuff. Uh, but anyway, in the laws, he says, you know what? Let's imagine um, a scenario where the Earth spins backwards and time goes backwards, and people become unborn, and dead people rise from the graves, and and it's just you know, and the people get younger, looking all this stuff, crazy stuff. Rewind to the VCR, yeah, yeah. But but this is he's writing four hundred, well, three sixty BCE. Yeah. So he's writing 2,500 years ago and he's got the same sci-fi ideas that we have, but he says, but he says in that stuff, he says, imagine. And then when, when they get done talking, about it, he says, okay, okay, okay. Back to reality. Uh, Plato's most famous work is called the Republic, which any of us who made it to 10th grade. Um, so Paul, 10th grade is the grade after ninth. Grade. I, 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 I did. I live in Arkansas. I mean, you have to understand. I went to school in Arkansas. So at least I would have done you know, this. Maybe, like, maybe, yeah, Arkansas is a good, it's a good state. Arkansas is a good my, state. My neighbor, he's the smartest guy on the block, and I think he got to sixth. Oh, my sixth gosh, stop. Okay. Paul, yeah. stop. I tell everybody, back in 19, you know, Arkansas is not that bad. That Back in 1992, they passed a law where everyone has to wear shoes. Oh, my gosh. And the <laughs> fact that people believe that is what's shocking. <laughs> they, did. they did. I was sitting in L.A. in a hot tub with this dude. In the, in, in the apartment complex I was living in, and, and he said, well, you're from Arkansas. You must be Beverly Hillbillies. I'm like, no. But then, so I just started telling ever since then, I just tell, yeah, we passed the law back in 92. Yeah. You know, and it shuts them up. They quit talking about it. <laughs> That's good. I'm, I'm not, I'm not wearing shoes now, so I couldn't go to I'm, Arkansas. You know, ironically, neither am I. <laughs> Coincidentally, I guess. But anyway, it's not Alanis Morissette. What's that? Alanis Morissette. She gets the word ironic wrong. Remember? She yeah. has the whole song ironic. You don't it remember that like, song? Oh my gosh! That I sounds like popular culture. Can't talk to this guy no more. Nah. <laughs> now we're gonna talk about pop culture. Now we're talking about music. I don't know shit about music. I like yeah. the, I like the band Yellow. You ever listen to Yellow? Y e l l o. I've heard of them. Yeah, I probably have. Yeah, they had this. They had that song. Oh yeah, in the eighties. <laughs> so, but it's good song. So but yeah. So anyway, Plato, Repu- right? Plato, Republic. In tenth grade, we all were given the book, The Republic. And it's a big, thick book, you know, probably an inch or two. And we all carried it around for four weeks or six weeks, and none of us read it, Correct. including me. I didn't read it either. Uh, but it's his most famous work. I don't know why it's his most famous work. I don't find it all that interesting compared to some of his other stuff. But what, what he goes on about in The Republic, famously, is he uses an allegory of something called the cave. And this is where he says, you know what? Things kind of suck right now. Uh, we used to have a good government. Now... Uh, we've got these 30 tyrants, and they're being tyrannical, and they say that they're trying to implement justice, but is justice just what they tell us it is, or is it an idea 
that can be held out. And then we can compare that idea of justice to what's actually going on and see whether it is justice or not. That was kind of his, and which is a very complicated idea, especially in 360 or the case 400 BCE. Yeah. Um, because the guy with the biggest stick usually won. Well, I always try to tell people, I try to bring it down to earth. You know, they, I use this for, for people who really hate like Christianity or something like that. And they, you know, or they're the, the really hardcore gun folks that say, we got to ban all guns. I'm like, no, it's not the gun. It's not the Christianity. It's not the religion. It's people. And the same, if you go back and you read some of the oldest texts you can find, you will find that the same problems, that the problems they have are the same problems we have now. Uh, jealousy, greed, um, you know. Corruption. Yeah, love, hate, it's all the same. It's It has not changed. Humans have not changed, at least in that aspect. So you can't discount something just because it's old. Look, in, in some ways, in some ways, there are things. So here, so this guy, the, the guy that Plato wrote about was called Socrates, who we've all probably heard yeah. of. Socrates thought that writing was the stupidest technology he had ever seen. It was going to ruin the kids, and everyone spent their time reading books instead of talking and remembering things, and he hated it. So he he, he knew TikTok before it was out. <laughs> <laughs> he, he didn't like the fact, because Socrates and Plato were very different generationally. In Socrates' generation, you came up, you went to your little Greek school, and you learned the Iliad and the Odyssey, and you memorized it so you could repeat it forever. Yeah. And, you know, you kind of learned through remembering things. Yeah, what sucks for me? I can't remember shit. No, we can't. But that's what I'm saying. Today, we we suck. These, you know, we go back 2,500 years. They would be literally blowing us out of the water, remembering what happened three days ago, and we would have no idea because our memories. I mean, I'll sometimes put a pencil down, and three seconds later, wonder where my pencil is. I my mean, dad calls it sometimers. Sometimers. Some, sometimes, yeah. <laughs> but and yeah. then he tells that really bad joke about Alzheimer's. Remember that one? Oh yes. Does Just, he have Alzheimer's? Yeah. So no, he doesn't. Oh, okay. Uh, so then he probably tells a joke a lot. Yeah, yeah, I say. <laughs> he says, you know, the best thing about having Alzheimer's is every morning you have a new set of friends. <laughs> that's so bad. I think that's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, you know, so they're fundamentally different between Socrates and Plato. Well, yeah. So that, yeah. But so Socrates, he wrote all this stuff down. He wrote a ton of stuff. The, the two dialogues that talk about Atlantis, one's called Critias and one's called Timaeus. Um, it's actually called Timaeus, but it's I because I have to force myself to do that hard eye for Critias. I call it Timaeus instead of Timaeus because I if I would try and say it, I would stumble on it every time. So just tell people I know I know I'm pronouncing it wrong. <laughs> I have to, or else my little New Jersey lisp wouldn't allow me to finish the sentences. So that's how I say. It. But yeah, Critias and Timaeus, which was some of the last um, dialogues that he wrote, um, and they include everything we know, everything we know, everything we know about Atlantis comes from them. So. I've always wondered because there's no timeline on if, for example, I, I go back to this because it's the the historical book that most people in the United States are going to know or at least have heard of because heard of, of the, yeah. you know, exposure. If you're over 35, under 35, the world changed and this may not be so true, but over 35, we're all aware of the great flood in the Bible. And I've always wondered if that story isn't the story about Atlantis. 
I have come up against that a number of times and I have decided not to explore or include it. Not because, well, because I've, I've tried instead of pulling things in, I've tried to push things away because if, if, if we try and, uh, equate the biblical flood to the flood that destroyed Atlantis. I'm now having to defend and honestly, and, and research and know about a lot more than um, if I just focus on Atlantis. Well, we so, have a geological record of a giant flood mm-hmm. across the earth way back in the day. Mm-hmm. We've got, a, we've got a number of, we got a number of records of a number of floods. Yeah. yeah and there was some really, and it doesn't, there's one in particular that is counted in Siberia it's counted in North America. It's counted in South America and in Africa and in the Asian continent. And it's all in the same time period. I just. Is that the meltwater H1B or whatever that I, is? It may be something. I don't know. I mean, that's why yeah. I, I, these are things that I've, I've heard, registered them in my brain, and then went on and didn't really do any research. So- so that's space. I can talk a little bit about it. So what I say from my assumptions for Atlantis is we can see something happened. Plato gives us a date. We can see something did happen at that date. I'm not going to try and prove what. Some people think maybe a comet hit the Earth or an asteroid hit Possibly. the Earth. Possibly. Or a comet flew by and some of the stuff on the back hit the Earth. Um, or who, but see, I don't want to have to defend a Neolithic comet impact theory or I don't want to have to defend um, pre-Christian you know, religious beliefs because that's got nothing to do with Atlantis. I could bring those in. But then it just would be a muddled mess. Yeah, like the other, because the, the, the story of the Great Flood in, in, in the Christian Bible is not about the people of Atlantis who no, perished. No. It's about the rebirth of the religion. And that doesn't mean that he was the only person left on the planet because it does not say that. People always try to conflate the Old Testament into meaning this is the only thing left. This is, you know, no. That's not necessarily true. It does not say everyone perished. I, I think that's right. Look, when, and when you look at the, the challenge with bringing the, that yeah. history into Atlantis is people have, mostly critics, have, have gone through the Bible and added up all the years and the dates, and they can get back about 6,000 years. So, they, so what, then they start to say, well, Christians think the earth was made 6,000 years ago. No, no one's saying that. That's just they, they've come up with an argument that, that proves that. But six thousand years—that doesn't take us far enough back for Atlantis. So I don't want to have yeah. to. And who's fight to that say that these guys living in the middle equator of the Earth, you know, on the, the you know where it's always freaking hot? I don't know if you lived in Florida or been to Cuba, but it's mm-hmm. all—it's it, like oh, the seasons change. It's not ninety-five today. It's only ninety. You know, I mean, come on, you know, how in the world do we know that a year for them was actually a year on our freaking Georgian calendar that we use today? So it's it's full of crap. And just because you think, you know, doesn't mean you actually know anything when it comes to if you're you're hardcore. This has got to be it. I think I'm agreeing with him a lot on this, because if you think that you are absolutely 100 percent right, you're probably absolutely 100 percent wrong. Because Uh-oh. your suppositions get in the way of being an open mind to take in new information that could prove you wrong. I uh oh, I think I'm 100 percent right. Yeah. <laughs> so what is but your? But you're open enough to 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 look at the other stuff, and you've looked at it. Is what I'm saying. I, I think so. I'm I'm very open to criticism. Um, I, I welcome the criticism. It, it's got to be real criticism. Yeah. Though. It's got to be something that I can, that we can research and address and either Can't agree be or the disagree the moon is the Atlantis people. Well, yeah, How the so, hell did they get off the planet? Well, that's, that's what people come and they say, well, America was Atlantis. 
okay. I mean, I, I got nothing. I got nothing to go on with that. Um, so I think, and I, I have been criticized. I have been criticized uh, significantly. Um, in Merrick, there were six, uh, five or six critiques that were very valid, um, but I addressed them all. So I, I took them. I did the research and. Um, you know, came up with a, a, a reason that explained it within the model that I have. Yeah. So what is yeah. your theory? So my theory uh, is that um, the Western Sahara Desert uh, in 9600 BCE was actually something they call the Green Sahara. That's oh, yeah. It's disputed. Um, it had a very good climate and it has geological features that seem to match what Plato says uh, near perfectly. Interesting. Yeah. What, what, and the country is actually called Mauritania. And I'm not the first to come up with this idea. A lot of people have, have pitched this and then it kind of has been shot down. In fact, I've gone through, in fact, just last night, I was going through, there is one academic who kind of stepped in to say, and this thing's called the Rishat structure. And he said, and he, he, he actually put out an hour long YouTube video, basically listing all the points and then coming up with all the counterpoints on why this wasn't it and why it was anyone who believed it was an idiot. Um, <laughs> and I watched all those. So, I, I mean, I've, I've seen both sides of it and I can address everything in a, in a conversation or a debate. But the big thing with this Rishat structure, R-I-C-H-E-T, I'm sorry, R-I-C-H-A-T, if, if you Google it, if anyone listening, if you just Google Rishat, R-I-C-H-A-T into Google, and then click on the images, and you'll see the pictures. There's, there's, you get a whole page of pictures. And the first thing you'll notice is this thing looks like Atlantis. It looks like that thing we all know. It looks like the Disney cartoon where you've got something in the middle, and then you've got the alternating rings of land and what would have been water um, in concentric circles. So that's, that's, I think that's a pretty strong case right there. And yeah. it has a geographic represent. It has a it, it it has a geographic relationship to the Strait of Gibraltar and to um, uh, Egypt. And Which all Athens. these things. There's literature about all these things. No, there's not a lot of literature. There's a lot of people that have written stuff. There's a big difference. Well, I apologize, my vernacular. Um, what I meant was, is if you go back and you and look at the Greek, you know, the Greek wars and stuff like that, they they reference the Rock of Gibraltar and things like that. You, oh, yeah. It exists. Yeah. So it's not something that's new. You know, it, it yeah. probably was there 10,000 years ago. Well, looking at the pictures of it, I've just Googled it. It's kind of pretty. It's like this big looking swirly kind yeah, of look, it, looks, it, it looks like many people, and I, I believe this, but many people think it was a volcanic dome that maybe collapsed or something. Um, but yeah, well, but basically. Yellowstone's that way. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's we, we have places. one in Yellowstone that could collapse any minute, really, honestly. That's and then mega. the New Madrid Fault, it leveled all the trees within like 50 miles or 500 miles or whatever it was of, of the fault back in yeah. the 1800s. There wasn't anybody living there. Yeah. So nobody got hurt. You know, they did, they did live there. It's like a, they had matchsticks up that they lived in, basically, their hut, uh, <laughs> you know, because there wasn't any construction materials. But it flattened those homes. So, I mean, it's possible. It's not, it's yeah. not, it's not unheard of. I mean, um, Pompeii, there's some speculation that that is the Sodom and Gomorrah area. And because, okay, you know, yeah. I yeah. mean, it's, it's, it's valid. It's a pause, plausible thing because there's people there that have been what could be considered turned into salt. If you didn't know what the hell you were talking about, because you had no education. And these people, a lot of times didn't have any education. So, I mean, it's, it's all plausible and I don't, I don't discount it at all. There's, what did they find in, was it in Greece? They found that mechanical 
some weird mechanical device. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think I know what that is. But yeah. I don't know why. It seems so obvious to me. That, yeah, the weird comp computational box that seems to allow you to move the planets around and then have it feedback something. Um, you know, it knows the orbits of things. And yeah. it seems to me. So when you're sailing, if, if we assume that. Uh, so let's explain what this box is a little bit more, where it was found and whatnot, just because you probably know more about it than I do. I actually don't, I don't know that much about it. Again, I'm 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 a landis guy. I'm not I'm not just an, an entire ancient history guy. Yeah, come I know on. The, the box was found underwater <laughs> as part of a wreck uh, somewhere in the Aegean. Yeah. Um, and when he pulled up, it it clearly is a computational device, and it clearly looks like uh, a piece of technology we wouldn't have thought existed in 800 BC or whenever whenever they 1500 think 1500 BC, whatever it was. 15, it yeah, whatever it was. But what what it, so here's the deal. So. If you know, if you're a if the Portuguese explorers or the Spanish explorers, the first people, the th the piece of technology that really allowed us to start navigating and mapping the globe was the was was having a stable clock, and yeah, I think it went kind of. But but the question is why? Why do we have to have a stable clock to draw a map? And it's interesting. So basically, up and down, north and south is easy to track because you have the North Star, and you could look at where it sits, what the how you know the the angle yeah. it is off the horizon, so you know where you are north and south, at least in the the northern hemisphere. Um, but east and west, you you don't have a, a reference because the planet's spinning. Yeah. So th there's nothing you just look at and say you know. So what you got to know is you got to know where the planets and stars are where you started. At what and, and then when you go around, you got to know what time it is where you started so that you can then do the calculations to figure out how far, based on what you're seeing, how far you are away from where you started. And then that gives you the longitude so you can you can measure left and right, east and west. And, you know, that was a that was massively complicated for them to figure that out, because uh, dealing with telescopes, which I do, uh, my company makes telescopes that I work for. Uh, they're one of the leaders in telescope manufacturing and optics and. I've been looking at some of these dark skies and, you know, we don't see dark skies in, no. in North America anymore. It's very no. rare that we see an actual dark sky that would reflect what a somebody in 600 or 6,000 BC would look up and see. It, you, it, there's so many stars. I'm like looking up going, what the hell are they talking about? All I yeah. see is this massive amount of stars. And so, I mean, they had to, they had to use a massive amount of brain power to use the word massive over and over again. They had to use that uh, brain power uh, to, uh, uh, to figure out which this is the bright one. Uh, uh, to me, it's like, no, they're all bright. I don't see. So they're pretty damn smart back then. They were not stupid people. They just didn't have the education that we have now. Because now we well, figured this stuff up and we pass it along to the next generation. Well, and they, they had a, double down on it. a different type of education. I mean, they had much more what farming. Their education was survival. I mean, I know how to skin a marmoset faster than any man around here. Oh my God, hey, if you're hungry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing, right? We, we 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 pat ourselves on the back and think how great we are. Drop one of us into the middle of the forest for a week. Yeah, good luck. Good luck. Yeah. And by the way, I, I you know, my, in my military training, I did, I did the 10 day jungle survival course in Panama. Uh, it was awful. But in the way that at the end of the course to graduate, they bring out a boa constrictor, they lop off its head and you have to drink its blood. That's crazy. They oh wouldn't let you do that now, though. Oh, my Lord. I don't know. Somebody I, get I, me tooed or something over that. So, you know, there's different parts of the Atlanta story. Do you believe in what Plato had to say? Do you feel like he was accurate in that story or do you feel like it's a mixture of a good storytelling versus a little bit of reality. So 
let's let me let me lay out the timeline that I've researched. So I believe, so I believe that uh, when Plato tells us that he thinks something is true, I believe that he thought it was true. Okay, so I've chosen to in his dialogues, Timaeus and Critias, where he says something is true. I've st- I said, okay, let's go in with the assumption that it's true. Now, if it gets proven false, well, we'll, ha- we'll have to deal with that. But I'm going to assume. The, the things he said are true. So you're assuming that he was an actual scientist and it wasn't just screwing around trying to screw with people. In, in most of his dialogues, he tells us he's making it up, imagine if, allegory, this or that. In the dialogues about Atlantis, he goes forever. He goes on and on and on, telling us he thinks it's true and providing us the chain of custody for the information. It turns out this guy Solon from 600 BCE uh, went to Egypt. But, and, and everyone ends the story there. He went to um, a town called Sais, which was actually the capital of Egypt in 600 BCE. And he went to the temple of Neith, N-E-I-T-H. Neith is the prime Egyptian creator goddess. She's the first one. We never talk about her. But she was the mother of Ra. She's the mother of the Egyptian pantheon. Now, we find the Neith cult. She also started as a war goddess. And she started in the uh, Nile Delta in six. 1000 BCE, we can find, trace all the way back, the beginning of the worship of Neith. By 3000 BCE, they built a temple for her uh, that also became a medical school and a, a, a repository of knowledge. Too it bad is that we this, couldn't have kept Alexandria. Uh, we the can get library. Into that. That, yeah. That's a whole different thing. We can get into that. But yeah. Plato tells us that this information was chiseled into the stone walls in the temple of Neith. He, he goes, he tells us that. It should still be there then. It's, it's not, but we know the temple was real. And the ruins are there, um, but they haven't been excavated. Okay. So, and we, you, can, you can type S-A-I-A, Saiz, um, into Google Maps, and it'll zoom right into this they little town. They haven't bothered to, I guess that's, I mean, it makes sense. They didn't bother to even try to uncover what was at the pyramids until the, what, 20s? They still have it. There's still a lot that hasn't been done. I know. But anyway, they're just so, not doing it. I don't understand so, why they so wouldn't for Plato, want to do it. So Plato, so this guy Solon saw that. He wrote it all down. He gave it to his um, uh, grandson, Critias, who, and there's a chain of custody that comes all the way down to, uh, to Plato. Um, and Plato, you know, tells us all of this. And he goes out of his way to tell us all this. So he, he's starting with factual information. One of the characters of the dialogue, there's actually three Critiuses. This is, I don't know how interesting this is, but it's true. Um, so we know this guy, we have a dialogue called Critias, and then we have a character called Critias in the Timaeus dialogue. And when you research the family history of this guy, Solon, and he had a son, I think his name was Dropides. I'm pulling that out of my uh, backside, who had a son named Critias. And then that Critias had a, who became known as Critias the grandfather because he had a son. And then his son had another guy called Critias who became uh-huh. Critias the tyrant. So it was one of the 30 tyrants, very famous. These are all famous, well-known characters. That middle Critias, Critias the grandfather, says in the dialogues that he still has the writings from Solon. So he still has all the work that Solon did. He read it, he studied it, and he's now telling Socrates what it said. And that's where we get all this information. Plato then recorded it. They had, um, in the Timaeus dialogue, the younger Critias, I don't know, you want it, this is it. Yeah, Uh, no, it's fine. Let's do it. Yeah, Yeah. so the younger Critias um, is- I'm just an ass, I can't help it. In the Timaeus dialogue, he says, he didn't. He doesn't say he he read it. He says he heard it from old man Critias when the old man was ninety and he was ten. So then you go look Hope at these historical characters, and uh, you look when they were born, and sure enough, 
the courteous to tyrant was 10 in 450 BCE. Courteous to grandfather was 90 in 450 BCE. That means this conversation, when he told him, happened in 450 BCE. Then we know that Critias, um, the tyrant, had his conversation with Socrates in 420 BCE, which is the, re- the conversation that gets recorded and handed down to us in the Timaeus dialogue. So that's the history. So do I believe it? I believe that part of it. They tell us what they're talking about is true. The, the other thing I've done is I've said, look, I can't try and figure out whether Poseidon really banged a village a lady and married her or not and had kids. I, this is no way. Yeah, Poseidon so, didn't. It's, I, you see, that's where it starts to get weird because Poseidon not real. Well, Poseidon was a representation of nature. Yeah. Just like Mother Nature is to us. And he represented our plane. He represented water, volcanoes, that yeah. kind of stuff. So when they say Poseidon made it, what I take from that, because that's a myth. Yeah. But, you, but, but I think Be what old. they're saying is it was naturally created by the things that Poseidon worried about, which is water and volcanoes and land. Yeah. Makes sense. You don't want stuff blowing up around you. And you don't want to drown once it blows up. Yeah, I mean, look, I I don't think anyone... Well, some people want want to treat Poseidon like a guy who was going around digging holes. (laughs) But but that's not not what Plato tells us. He he doesn't tell us that. Uh, And and Poseidon was not a guy going around digging holes. Uh, So I I, I take the mythology out of it and it's easy to separate, by the way, because the pieces yeah. where they talk about that stuff and then the pieces where they talk about basically the physical uh, representation are easy to delineate. And so what I've done is I've said, you know, we talked about the first assumption, which I can't assume Plato's, a, you know, a, an idiot. Uh, so I'm going to assume he when he says he thinks it's true that he really did think it was true. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we have that assumption. And then um, I forgot what my point was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> it was brilliant. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know, whatever. So, yes. But, but it's, oh, oh, sorry. Yeah. So, and then the mythical stuff, we can only pull from the dialogues the physical things that can be verified. So, even physical things that can't be verified, um, I pushed away. So, I've just pulled out the actual measurements um, and things that we as people using science and geography and all those things can all look at and all make our own determination on. So, you're just, you're using it as a bellwether, more or less to point you in a direction that could be more true than not. I, I, I agree with you. Yeah, I, I point you in a direction that can eat, that can be verified or can, or won't ever be verified. So if, if he says it's got a center Island and it's got the two rings of land and then from the outside to the inside is 50 stadia and there are a lot of elephants and they could grow bananas, which he doesn't say they can grow bananas. I made that up. Um, <laughs> but, you know, he put all this stuff, then that's what we should go look for, the, the physical things. Well, you know, I, I use this to help people understand that North Africa, where in Egypt, where it's all sand and dunes and it's just a big desert. Um, I use this analogy of the 20th century Dust Bowl era to use that to explain why that may be a desert. Because they didn't understand some of the farming techniques that we understand now and they may have been ruled by a tyrannical leader who says i want this much grain today i don't care and they ruined the entire plane you know it's very possible it's, it's possible i i think i think it's even easier than that i think if a tsunami came from the atlantic ocean a big one and went well into this plane all that water left salt and if there's one way to ruin a farm, it's yeah. to salt well, the field. We do have the Dead Sea 
That's yeah. not it's it's not anywhere near Egypt, really. I mean, it is, but it's no, yeah. not. But, but again, we, the fact that this part of Egypt was underwater at some point, it's not just look, all salt is sodium chloride and it all comes from the sea. Yeah. And that region, look, Mali and Mauritania and uh, Niger and all those places, one of their largest exports is salt. Yeah. There's still salt mines there today. The, and the only way it gets there is if salt water is sitting and then evaporates. Yeah. And the whole region is like that. So, it, so in other words, that logically, there's no contradiction um, with the way it is now. We also know absolutely a 100% at the end of the last ice age, that place was a paradise. Um, it was nothing but freshwater lakes and rain. It had the biggest freshwater lake on the planet, Lake Chad at the time. Um, and it was just, it's just tons of, of, of rivers and very, very fertile, like Florida. I would say like, like Georgia, like Georgia is today. All right. Well, I know um, the Brazilian rainforest is mm-hmm. probably another good correlation to it. Well, that's, that's subtropical. This would not have been subtropical based on where it is. Okay, yeah, uh, it's, it's north of the equator, isn't it? It's north of the equator by, good, by, uh, by a little more than you think. Um, so it would have been forested versus tropical. But it wouldn't have hit the negative temperatures like Arkansas. <laughs> Does does Arkansas? Do you guys measure temperatures there? Yeah, we yes, don't, we, we do. Don't, we don't. We don't really need. We just know that when Grandma's elbow hurts really bad. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> no, it, it would have had. They would have had seasons based on where they are on it the planet. Have they would have had seasons. Michigan. No, it wasn't one Michigan. No, it, it, they would have had seasons. It was a mild climate, uh, good for farming. Florida, basically, um, South Florida, North Florida. You think so? Because North Florida gets ice. Yeah, but I mean, they would have had they would have had seasons. They would have had this one that. I don't remember much about any ice and snow being in those uh, in those allegories. There, there's there's none. That's what but I was we, thinking. So I don't think it would be. Well, but I mean, we have to. understand. two may to, have been thicker too because there was more. You know, I mean, who knows? We have to we have to accept what the world was like then. What we what we know about the world. So we're at the end. We're at the end of the ice age. Okay, we're at the end of um, which ice age? The last one the last well, ice well age. no we had we had an ice age in uh 1500s uh well okay yeah the last major those are those are minor ice yeah, ages. yeah. absolutely there have been several but this is the last big ice age it's at the end ice, you know not everybody the, knows the difference between the two so this is at the end of what they call the younger dryas and the end the younger dryas ends in 9600 bce but uh, a couple questions there is what the hell is a dryas Right? I don't know. I'm and what's the younger one? Yeah. Well, it turns out <laughs> what about the older Dryas? Was it worse? Did it have it, dinosaurs? That's the question. Exactly. Again. They did. No, they have dinosaurs. <laughs> but so it turns out there are three Dryases. There's the younger Dryas, the older Dryas, and the oldest Dryas. And this is basically between. Yeah, she's just really crusty. Oh, what's my that? gosh. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> so the oldest Dryas, is, she's just really crusty. He's crusty, yeah. <laughs> but, well, we, we, we know these were periods where the, the Earth entered an ice age, and they, they were all roughly around between like 10,000, 8,000 years um, together, all three of them. Yeah. At the end of the younger Dryas, um, the world is hip deep in what they call uh, the Neolithic Renaissance or the Neolithic Revolution. And we have just started, and I say just started, about 400 years, about 10,000 BCE, we started to see the transition from hunter-gatherers, pure hunter-gatherers, to the agrarian societies that, that so we would become. So, so we started changing from, I'm grabbing your hair and dragging you in the cave because I like you, to, oh, here's some fruit. Do you like me? Exactly. Oh, and, my gosh. <laughs> and you know what? And right, right, I'm, I'm tired of dragging you around, so maybe you can sharpen my uh, sticks uh, while I'm out hunting. Now he's so, not being metaphorical about that for anyone listening. 
Huh? No, no, seriously. Well, that brings what they call spe- <laughs> it brings what they call specialization. So if you can sit in one place, can you sharpen my steak later. Oh my God, yeah. Paul! <laughs> I got her to say it. I, I know. I you always work it out. There, yeah, she yeah, said I know you it, don't right. edit it, but that this might be an edit opportunity for you. You can make nah, that decision in post. I don't. Really, I don't really care. <laughs> People need to know how big a jerk I am. <laughs> You doing you, yeah, you're doing good with it. <laughs> Everybody's laughing, and that's the point. Yeah, well, okay, yeah. But so yeah. Anyway, so so I forget what we were even talking about. I'm sorry. No worries. Oh Lord. Well, we're 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 listening. It's like we're you're answering our you're you're. I think what it is is at this point before we have the ability to formulate a question about what you just told us, we're on to we're we keep going. Okay. So that's that's I think that's what's happening, and so I'm like trying to slow it down just a touch, so, okay. so we can ask questions, because I know Andrew's got a bunch. Well, I'm trying to think. I, I like I don't know. I guess I have a scientific brain for being a nurse and going to school and that kind of thing. But where do you find the scientific type papers and research to even get started to find where Atlantis is? That's an excellent question. Um, one of my more than an assumption, one, one of the things that I decided, and I, I lay this out, is the danger with Atlantis. And what you're asking me is, th- that's the academic approach. So the academic approach is if you have a question, the first thing you do is you go out and you research what the current information is and what the current view of that question is. And then you decide, is that enough or do I need to do my own research because I, need, I want to find something else out? Uh, with Atlantis, you almost can't do that because there aren't real academic papers about it. Um, and almost all the stuff out there is just baloney. It's just gobbledygook. It's just people making stuff up um, and, and, and projecting their own ideas into it. So what I said is I'm going to start with what they call the primary source. This, this is a, a valid research strategy. I'm going to push everything away. I'm going to refocus on the primary source with this Plato. I'm going to see if I can find other ancillary sources that support them. I'm only going to go to what they call secondary sources. Secondary sources are when you have someone talking about a primary source. I was only going to go to secondary sources if they contained information that was now lost to us because the primary source had been lost. And that happened a few times. For example, uh, Krantor, who succeeded Plato and ran the academy after Plato's death in, four, in 348 BCE, he went to Saïs, he went to the temple, and he verified the Atlantis story. Not, not just that that's where it was, but he also he checked the translations, he checked all that stuff, and he wrote about it a lot. But that primary source has been lost. But we have secondary sources that show up like in the fourth century AD where they're referencing him and, and, and there's pieces of, his, of what he did in there. So we're going to take that. Uh, how close to hearsay would you think that is? Well, hearsay, hearsay would be um, – what would hearsay be? Hearsay would be – If somebody told you they did this and then you say it in court, yeah, they told me. That's hearsay. You can't – it doesn't matter if right. – you really, really believe them because they're really, right. really truthful. Right. It's, it's not, okay, you can't, it's, it's not so evidence. It's not, it's, it's not hearsay. It's called, this would be circumstantial. Circumstantial, yeah. So this would be, cir- so because what we have is we have, we don't have the primary source. We only have the oldest and first reference to the primary source. So then we have to decide, do we believe this secondary source? Do we believe the person who's writing it? Are they fudging it to, to, to further their own ends, you know, and obfuscating what was really said? Or are they legitimately trying to either argue for or against it, but, but, but they, they fairly state what was said? And with Krantor, that's all we have. So with that, if, if we ignored the secondary sources, we wouldn't, have, we wouldn't know anything about what he did after Plato died because all his writings have been lost. Almost all his writings have been lost. 
Um, so it's not hearsay, it's circumstantial. So what we have to do is we then have to build um, what they call uh, an overwhelming well, circumstance. And then you've got all the the the, the myth just rolled into the middle of it. And that's that makes it tough too because where does myth stop and the, the truth begin? Where does their misunderstanding of how things happen? Uh, well, there's, 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 there's two kinds of myths, okay? There's, there's Poseidon banging mountain daughters to populate Atlantis. That, that's a myth, <laughs> okay? But some of the other stuff they talk about is um, they say that there were 10 provinces. They give the names of all the rulers, and they say that uh, they had a rule. And every, every five or 10 years, something like that, they all had to come together, and they had to have a meeting. They said otherwise the princes could rule their provinces um, you know, with, with autonomy except they couldn't invoke uh, corporal punishment. You know, they couldn't kill somebody for a crime unless they check, they check with everyone else. Um, they also – and this is where I think Plato meant advanced and this is part of the is this a myth or not. They had a rule and it's, the rule was if any, of, any one of the provinces was attacked, all other nine provinces had to come to their aid and defend them. Which is actually NATO. NATO. That's, that's actually the example I use. Yeah. They, so Plato is telling us these these people invented NATO eleven thousand years ago. Well, it makes sense. I mean, it's it's like pretty logical. I mean, we all get together, free trade, and I'll, I'll let you buy my Oreos for ten dollars if you protect me. But what yeah. I don't understand Oreos are very important. What I don't understand is you. Okay, we think that it's in North Africa, correct? West Africa. West Africa. Okay. North Africa is too confused. Yeah, West Africa. West Africa. So is there – what makes this particular area where you feel it is? I mean, there's lots – I've looked at the pictures on it. There's probably lots of other areas with in the whole entire world that could be a good contender. What specifically about this area makes you feel that this is where it's at? Well, when I started doing this, I did a survey. And I went on to Reddit and some of the alternate history. You know, yeah. Reddit's an easy way to get in front of millions of people. And I asked, I said, where do people, where do you think Atlantis is? And basically I got six or eight places uh, that, I, that I felt were legit. So then I did a survey and I said, okay, of these places, everyone vote. What do you think is one? What do you think is two? What do you think is three? All that. Uh, this Rishat structure had the, the highest number of votes, about half. Now, about 40%, 45%, followed closely by the Azor Islands which was not that far behind. If Atlanta, if the Rishat was 45%, the Asia was like 39%. And then there are other things like the Bimini Road, Antarctica, um, some lost island in Antarctica you know, near, is, near Great is Britain. put forth by the... Really, where that comes about in popular culture, Antarctica, there was a couple of people before, but mostly it's this TV show that we had, Stargate Atlantis, and that yeah, also the, the, is where the, it's coming from. The problem with Antarctica, although we had Operation High Jump in the 40s, which we can talk about, so yeah. something might be going on. But Antarctica doesn't have a geographic location with Libya, Egypt, uh, Greece, and parts of Europe around the Mediterranean. It's too far away. Yeah. So it doesn't, doesn't really fit as even a province. Even, you doesn't, know, mean, doesn't mean everything they found isn't true. It's just the word to call it isn't Atlantis. It's they didn't even away. find the Horn of Africa until way later. The, yeah. Their ships weren't good. The, these, when you hear the word ship coming from Plato or Aristotle or somebody like that, they're talking about something that's 20 feet long. I know, itty bitty, but, you yeah. know, I'm thinking yeah, it, in this West Africa area, is anybody in, I used archaeology? I mean, I know that it's Egypt, the government there. Good I get luck. I say Egypt, that part of it's the world. Egypt, though. It's uh, what is it? Libya? Mortania. Mortania. That's right. Yeah. So I work with a guy named David Stig Hansen. 
Good luck um, getting those guys to cooperate out there in Libya and Mauritania. Good he, luck. he was just there. He was he was there the entire month of October, That's and he good. was also there um, about nine months before that. And we're 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 going there because we're we're looking for things and we're trying to um, get samples and collect information that we can bring back and feed to people. To to go there, he had to negotiate with the president's office, the president of Mauritania, and it is all a shakedown. Yeah, I mean the entire the entire trip. Once once you get there, all the way to being driven out and driven back, it's all a shakedown. Um, so like we we brought three different drones. Because we knew that it, there's like seven checkpoints you have to go through. We knew some of those checkpoints would confiscate the drones. We also, we brought a bunch of uh, buoy knives, big, big hunting knives. Yeah. Because we can usually show them that, get them talking about it, and then they take it, but then they don't take anything else. So we can kind of use those as, uh, as lost leaders yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But so the whole thing, yeah. And it's, I mean, it was it's 140 like degrees. We had a guy, we, yeah. we talked to a guy last week that's going to air soon. Or probably will already aired, I guess, once this podcast goes up. He was a contractor in Afghanistan. He said no matter what he did, he had to pay somebody. Yeah. That's just the way it works. Yeah, it's just the way it works there. Um, And so some archaeology has been done. It's really weird. There was like, I think it was the History Channel or Discovery Channel. Someone in 2019 sponsored an academic group to go and fly drones and do LIDAR and stuff around it. Um, The problem we have is they haven't released any of what they found. They released a summary and they said they found a lot of structures, but none of the structures were ancient. It's like, well, okay, but give us the freaking pictures because what they'll do. Well, they consider agents, problem. Well, what? no, what it is, it's it's the the French Foreign Legion. Oh, yeah. um, they were all over this place. Patton was they, there too. So, well, it was a little north um, of here. I think they didn't they go in through more like Morocco and stuff. That's yeah. like a couple hundred miles to the north. Yeah, you're right. Because uh, Hitler, Hitler wasn't quite there yet. So. Same idea. No, Hitler. Well, yeah, they were there. They were, but but the stuff that got built dates to like the French Foreign Legion. Yeah, it looks kind of weird. But so that's the top layer. It's like if this thing is eleven thousand years old, um, that the top layer might not be the place to look. The other problem though is most of the area around that Rishat structure has been blasted down to its bedrock. Um, in fact, we drove around. Now, having said all that, I know we're running out of time, um, but I do, we, we do know where to look. We, we, we have found, I'm going to release, the information will come out in the videos on that channel I gave you, but we, we know where to dig. Um, we, we haven't dug, but we know where to dig. And the next yeah. piece of this is once I, if, if, if we can get people to agree and then get, get some academic institutions or um, people with money and interested, there is a digging operations that could happen. Uh, that hasn't happened yet. Well, so. you know, it may be just a suggestion because I'm a I'm a sales guy for 20 years. When you're talking to these folks, if maybe there was a different way to approach them than just Atlantis, you know, and they we, might fund it because they they're they're the people that are funding this stuff. They're they're non-believers. They don't care. All they really care about is money, even if they run a non-profit. They really only care about yeah. how much cash is going in their pocket. And when you understand that from coming from somebody like this, you might say, oh, well, we think there's a gold deposit there. You know, well, maybe something like that. That might work. I mean, I was working with a geologist and a geochemist and um, sending them pictures and information and, and samples and stuff. And they were feeding me amazing stuff. I mean, the, a lot of the stuff we found are evaporites. There seems to be covering... Um, agricultural prowess that we've talked about and all that stuff. We, and we found massive on, on the order of magnitude of miles, 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 just like you would expect to find. Yeah. And they were, they were confirming it. And then I made the mistake. I said, well, do you think this could be like what's left over from earthworks and canals and farming from like maybe in, into the last ice age? And as soon as I said that. They were out. 
They were out. Yeah. They were out. They, 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 they didn't recant, but they're like, oh, you know, oh, well, we don't know. Now, if that's what it was, it would have already been found. Uh, we would have read about no it. No, this has been this there yet. Around. And then, and they, they backed it. And now they, then they won't, they won't, they, they told me what they told me. I have it in writing. I have it in the email. Yeah. Um, but they, they're out because they're in the academic world. And that word Atlantis or prehistory Can't all, do is it. poison. Yeah. Can't do it. Can't do it. So it's tough. It's tough to pull in the real experts. And the other thing is what happens is if once they understand you're looking for Atlantis, then they start biasing what they find. Yeah. It's like, as opposed to that's really, yeah, you, you know, yeah, rocks normally or evaporates wouldn't normally form that kind of grid pattern. I had, I got that in writing and then I get, well, who knows? Yeah. You know, we don't know. That. You know it's like, it's just, so it's, and when I go all the way back to that. When I say Atlantis has been beaten to death, this is part of the problem. This is yeah. why I'm doing it. I have to do the work. Well, um, you know, also too the, the Roman, uh, the Romans and the Greeks and the Egyptians, you know, obviously the Egyptian the Egyptian culture was huge enough to produce Cleopatra, things yeah. like that, which we know exist. Now we have Tutankhamen and all these guys, right? Yeah. Well, I can guarantee you they sent troops out that far. That would be dumb for them not to. Because it, if they're looking for more cropland, if they're looking for more resources, that's what nations do. So I wouldn't be surprised if you find Roman or um, that, you know, nothing ever came of it. But well, Romans, I, Romans were there. Romans traded. So yeah, this, their, Libya was one of their biggest. What was it called back then? It wasn't Libya. It was something else at that point. Uh, yeah, as far as I know, it was Libya. Way back in the day, it was called something else. And I can't remember. I think what the top part of Africa was part of the Roman Empire. Yeah, it was. Everybody was because it's, it's just make a corner right there at Syria. You know what I'm saying? Right there at the canal, where the canal is now. Pan uh, the yeah. Now, we're, we're on the other side of Africa for this, but the yeah. Romans were all over. They traded. There's a lot of what they call fusile metals, yeah. bronze stuff that you can melt fairly easily. So maybe they were they were looking rates. for Roman civilizations that no one's discovered because no one's bothered to look. That might be something that you can get like Cambridge or somebody involved in. Yeah, could be. I mean, you could go on it, but, you know, but that's a guise, right? I mean, I, but, but at the same time, it's a good thing. We do need that history. It's not absolutely. a negative thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. most people don't understand that the Romans and it's it's still hard for me to get my mind around about, uh, around it, even though I know it is exactly true. The Romans ruled the island of England. Yes, they ruled yeah. it for a couple hundred years. And it was their place. And if you go there and dig, you will find Roman coins almost everywhere. Hmm. So, but people, you know. Well, well they, they, they were in Africa, all the way from Libya, all the way down to Timbuktu, which I think is like near the top of, top of Mali, I think. Well, I mean, so no, that's, that's I mean, Timbuktu is just right around the corner from here, I think. It's yeah. not too far. That's why I bring it up. It's, not, it, it's a little far, but it's not too far. <laughs> oh, you mean where you are? Timbuktu. So, yeah. Yeah. Timbuktu. You mentioned. We have, we have towns in Arkansas named Toadsuck. So. Yeah, probably. It's a descriptive name. Yeah. Yes. It's an actual town. So you said something earlier about, okay, mermans. Did I hear you correctly? Yeah. In my opening, we all think <laughs> Atlantis is full of mermen and mermaids, right? That That's what we see in the movies and stuff. So that was my cultural reference to what people know about Atlantis. I'm just trying to think what got that started. Walt Disney? Oh, I don't even, I, you know, so Atlantis in popular culture is not um, an area of expertise of mine. Uh, so I don't know. I they know the movies. movies stuff. They did the black and white movies. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a cinephile. So there's recently discovered movies that were made by a man. And I can't remember his name right now. There's a whole documentary on HBO about this guy. 
he made these movies and then got mad at the people who were distributing them and took them all back and mm-hmm. then never released them again. And nobody could figure out what he did with them. And they finally found them. And he used to make movies about Atlantis and stuff like that. He was the guy that did the, the, the moon with the rocket in his face. With the oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that guy. He made movies about Atlantis. And that's probably that. where it started. So I guess my question is, is exactly since Atlantis is supposed to be missing, what does it say in the story that made it missing? Uh, what he tells us in the story is that it sank under the uh, waves in a day and a night. And then the way to it was blocked with a shawl of mud. Um, and all of the softer parts of the soil had been pulled away. So it was completely destroyed. That actually is geologically correct. I mean, that's, that's yeah. That's, that's what, what that, that's, that's what. That's what Plato says, which is why if you read these things scientifically, there, there's a lot of stuff there. Um, you have to push away a lot, but, but uh, it, it makes more sense than it giving credit for. I mean, it's kind of a shame that we can't actually do like any type of digging to find the truth. The behind Chinese this. had gunpowder a thousand years or so before, you know, the Western, Western world did. So who's to say? Yeah, I mean... Well, this is the, the you know, it's, it's, in, I, I was very naive when I stepped into the Atlantis world um, because I stepped into it. I saw this theory. It resonated with me. I did my own research, took about six months, and then I released, I called a proof. It's the book, the Atlantis Solve book. It's basically a proof that just goes through the details. And I was like, I've done it. I can't believe it. This is amazing. We found Atlantis. And of course, that did not what happened at all. Everyone, you know, no one read it to Paul, to your point. Um, and then when I do talk about it, mostly I'm lumped in with all the other people. And it's yeah. like, well, wait, wait. It's like, it's so hard to get, get the word out, you know, because well, there's so much noise in this space. It's like dentists for years fought to get the physicians to understand that there's a correlation between your physical health and your teeth. And oh, yeah. they wouldn't do it. I mean, and now they do to an extent, but they still fight back against the dentist. And a chiropractor, same way. A dentist, not so much in that I've Chiropractor, though. It depends. I mean, it depends upon the, I mean, I can't speak for every physician or obviously, obviously a nurse, not. but I mean, it does have some validity. It's just, you have to be very careful on who you pick for a chiropractor, but yeah. This is true because most of them just want to sell you the, uh, the supplements. I mean, what I don't understand is we've done all this research and stuff about Pompeii. Why can't we just go to this place in, you know, West Africa and at least see if there's anything there? I mean... Well, that's the goal. That's what I'm trying to work towards. It's like the um, Aztecs, you know. I mean, we know the Aztecs are there, but yet nobody will go down there and excavate everything. We're, we, yeah. we're satisfied with what we have, and there are little bitty parties here and there, but they just don't ever go. Yeah, I think I, if, I, I've got to do a rebranding. Like Mayo, Mayonnaise was able to rebrand as aioli. That's like the best rebranding in the history of the universe. <laughs> we, we've got to somehow, this is this, what I'm doing with that YouTube channel. It's what I've done with the book, but it's, I'm, I'm going to lay the whole case out scientifically for everyone to see. And my hope is when I get done with it, it's all there that we can start to then move the conversation forward. Because right now we keep getting stuck. Um, the same place we always get stuck, which is Atlantis is baloney. No one's going to look for it, you know. Well, whatever. maybe a, an academic might be helpful. Um, I would say there's a guy that does um, Tides of History, and mm. he talks about all this stuff. He, he loves the Roman Empire, okay, right? Look, and, bro, and a guy I, like that. I have a doctorate that, in engineering and three master's degrees. And I was president of a university. I've taught graduate I know, courses. Right? I'm, I'm an academic. I'm as, I'm as much an academic as any of those clowns. I, t- I probably have more degrees than them. You probably, I, you, you know, it, more than likely. It's difficult to go to those guys. You go to them and all they would want to do is self-preserve 
and criticize. And, and they can make a lot more money and a lot more noise blowing something up um, or poo-pooing something yeah. than, than jumping into the word Atlantis and helping. I have tried. I've approached many people I know. And well, no it sounds here. like to me you're going out in the correct way. You're not trying to be you know, the crazy person that's doing the Atlanta stuff. So I appreciate that. And probably the most degreed person we've had on here. I mean, Andrea usually out degrees most people. Uh, I don't know about that. you got, what, three degrees a yourself? Ba- bachelor's and a master's, and I guess you could say an equivalent to an associate's. Yeah, um, criminal justice. Paralegal stuff, yeah. Attorney. And, you know, I'm the least educated of the bunch. I'm just a dummy sitting no. here. You know, I, I know how to cook. Does that help? That is very useful skill. Yeah. It's really good when you're dating. They come over to the house, you cook them some food, and they're like, ooh, yeah, this guy can cook. He must know what he's doing. Sure. Yeah, that works for me. Anyway, but, uh, you know, it it sounds like you're actually trying to do real science on it and discover this, and and I don't see why anyone would want to, want to discount you. And it's an, it's an important world event that we should actually go ahead and and probably point some resources at if we're going to get our history right. Because if well, we don't theory. discover, if we don't go after the answers and, and learn about it in reality, then all we're left with is the myth. And in the myth just causes people to think that, like Elon Musk, for some reason, thinks that we're all living in an AI. I don't understand that. He, he didn't think we are. He proposed that we might be living in an AI. What? I know. It's crazy. But... I don't think he believes in it. I think it was a proposal because he was smoking weed with Joe Rogan. It was probably blasted out of his mind. Oh boy. <laughs> but I, I think, you know, we, we really do have to, I, I think it's important that we go back and, 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 and actually figure out, figure this out and, and set the record straight. And, you know, yes, we have Beowulf and yes, we have, all those people. I, I go back to be a wolf because it's the one most people in our uh, in my culture down here in the South, which is a different culture than the North, even though we're all Americans. Um, you know, be a wolf's the one they taught us here. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, uh, I don't know if they yeah, taught well, it there. So, well, what I say there, I think I think it's ready. And by the way, what I'm trying to do is what what you said, which is people can't separate me from the nonsense yet, but I've got to get more information out there. But you know, you talk about Beowulf. I mean, there's there's four things I think. Um, that have made it ready to really take on Atlantis, if, if I can make the case. The first is satellite archaeology. We know a lot more about the planet than we did five years ago. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's a story of this guy, Francisco de Orania. Uh, he was the first um, person. Let's hope he pronounced that correctly. I, I hope so. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but in 1542, he was the one he mapped. He, he was the first West or Easterner, you know, non, non-native to go the entire Amazon river yeah from right and then he came back he gave accounts of it and then a hundred years later they finally made it back and everyone and there wasn't anything there it was all jungle so they said he was lying well he wasn't lying it's it, now with 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 satellite archaeology and lidar we can see there, there was a massive civilization there yeah but in the in the history books right now today they're still on the shelves because they don't turn that fast it says that francisco de arana went uh, up the amazon and came back but he made it all up because he wanted funding or money or something you know, and then, then they slander the guy but we know that's not true Henrik Sleeman, 150 years ago, used the Iliad and the Odyssey to find Troy. Troy, 150 years ago, was a myth, not, not even a legend. It was a myth. Yeah. Now it's a fact because he found it. And then a number of years ago, but with about a decade ago, it became mainstream. We have Gobegle Tepe in Turkey, 
which dates to 9600 BCE, the exact same date of Atlantis. And it shows advanced features from a Neolithic standpoint. So I think that's a good technology level. So we have all those things and, and we've made wholesale changes to the past. I think Atlantis is findable now, provable. Yeah. And I think, I think if it's done right, that the, the traditional historians will be open to it. What I like about it, and I guess we can do this uh, in summary a little bit, is if we can establish Atlantis as a date in a place, then that, that as, and we, get it, we have that marker, we now can line up um, all those other anomalies. We can line up what we see in the Aztecs and the Mayans and the Bimini Road and, and in, what went on in Spain. And in it, our religions as well, because... And in religions. All, it all makes, it, it, it brings it, clarity. It, yeah. And it, yeah, and it provides a context for us to really understand this thing, because all of us, when we look at those ancient, we look at ancient history and then we hear what they tell us about it and then we look with our eyes, it doesn't line up. Sometimes, Every yeah, single one that's of true. us. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's what I hope. That's my hope. Yeah. And, and I'm all for it. I'm all for doing that. I, I'm glad that you're coming at this from science. So I encourage people to grab uh, it, uh, the book that you, you got a book about. Atlanta Solved is an excellent book. It's getting good reviews. It sells okay. Where's it at? Uh, Amazon would be the primary place. I think actually, I think that one is only on Amazon. That is only on Amazon. Can someone buy the book, send it to you to have it signed, postage return paid? Um, yeah, they can contact me. Uh, and I actually have a special books here that, that are more that you can't get retail that have that book in and stuff. And I'll sign those and send it out. Oh, very nice. So, you, and to get those books, how would you get those? Frequency99.com. Everything goes through Frequency99.com. You go through my publicist or my agent and, uh, very nice, very nice. They'll figure it out, yeah. Excellent, excellent. So, anything else, Andrea? No, no, this is just really, in I mean, I'm glad you're kind of taking it from more of a scientific perspective. And that's why I asked him on the show, because we had another guy that said he knew about Atlantis too, but I wasn't, I wasn't buying what he was selling, so. I mean, why not, why not try to figure it out? I mean. Why not? Why exactly, not? why not? And it's solvable. It's solvable. Uh, we have, and the answer that we're going to come to uh, is the best kind of test because I already know the answer. It's not going to break anything. It does. It changes how we interpret some things we know about the past. Yeah. But it doesn't require us to dismiss anything. It doesn't mean that mainstream academics are idiots. It doesn't mean anything. It, it lines up well enough with everything we know, but it's going to provide a lot of insight to all the stuff we can't figure out what to do with, like the Aztecs and all those buildings and all the megalithic structures and all that stuff. Yeah. And all the floods in our, in our geological record. Yeah. Yeah, which we know they're real. I don't know why we can't associate it with people that lived on the coast in a civilization, but whatever. Different, different or, or even with the religion that says there was a giant flood and then it killed everybody I knew. I mean, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, Paul, let me, let me just close this out, all right? Um, let's pretend there is deluges and that we get wiped out every some number of years, 10,000 yeah. years, 50,000 years, whatever. Happens. Once we're wiped out and we try and come back, what's the first, what's, what, what would be the first characteristic of that society? It, 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 and that characteristic would be that we lived in caves, right? Because right now, if we if everything got wiped out, those of us that survived, it was a flood event. We would be at higher elevations. Everything's destroyed. Our buildings are destroyed. It's raining. Where do you go? You go undercover. So civilization always starts with cavemen, but it doesn't mean that they are the only civilization and that everything is linear. Right. So I, I, I think that this, this is going to answer a lot. And it doesn't mean problems. that just because you got the flood that killed off everybody that you knew. Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that it killed off everybody in Siberia or everybody in North America or it's true. Yeah, the South world's America. a big place. Yeah. So there's somebody else living, you know, it's, you're just the people you knew were, they're, they're gone. 
And that's, you know, and, and where do you, if you, if you walk for days and you see nobody living, you're going to write the story that the earth was depopulated and it was just me. Well, well do you know that the, the, the historians sure. tell us at this time, 9,600, say 10,000 BCE, there were only about a million humans on the planet? Could be correct. That, that is correct. <laughs> well, we don't, the, the problem I have with going back in history when we don't have somebody that read it, wrote it down like we do now yeah. is that there's no definable proof. You have to take their word for it. And, okay. Well, what I what I meant was yeah. that is it's correct that that's what they say. Yeah. Okay. I thought I thought. Yeah. Yeah. It mis- that, that, misinterpreted with your your statement. No, that's okay. Yeah, because to your point, who who knows, right? We don't know. Yeah. I, and yeah. so that's why I'm I, as an open person, which I am open. I'm, you know, sometimes I guess depends. Anyway, uh, it's <laughs> I mean, there's some things. It's like no, that doesn't work. But um, as an open person, you have to realize the others that the other side of the coin exists and just because someone seems crazy doesn't mean they are crazy and just because something seems implausible doesn't mean it's impossible exactly and you until you completely rule it out like five plus five does not equal 20 you know but if you turn that that plus sideways five times five there you go. You know, it, it, it's just a matter of looking at it and interpreting it correctly. That's all. And stop trying to, it's what, what do we, cognitive dissonance gets in our way so much. And that's okay. what you're up against whenever you tell somebody, oh, we're looking for Atlantis. Cognitive dissonance. They only believe, oh, he's fucking, he's just, a, this is fucking quack. And they yeah. sort it to a, a Disney movie. Yeah. And, and they can't figure it out. And that's not correct either. You need to listen to the person. And I think that's part of part of what I like to do. Why we I started doing the format of the show that way is because I like to listen to people. I like to understand that they're humans, they're humanity. Like that one guy that touches, that Jesus touched. He's a good man, I'm sure. But, you know, you listen to them and you, and you, you judge them. If you have to judge someone, you judge them on the base of their character, not on the base of what you think they're going to be. Mm-hmm. And... That's always the best way. And history is the same way. You can't judge it because you got some book that some asshole wrote, you know, 40 years ago that didn't know anything. And they're still teaching that crap. Yet, you know, I didn't know we were allowed to say asshat. I would have. Well, <laughs> you would have called me asshat? No, no. I just would have said it in my, you know, uh, oh. what do they call them? Adjectives. Oh, sorry. No, we're we're allowed to. I, I guess okay. we didn't make it clear. And so anybody who listens to this stuff, I figured since you listened to it before, you probably heard me say, oh, my fucking God before. But whatever. I don't know. <laughs> you know, when you listen, listening, listening as a listener and, and listening as a guest are two different ways of listening. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, we just want you to be open and honest. We don't really we yeah. we, we don't. If you don't like me, that's OK. A lot of people don't like me. And you know what? I'm cool with it because I probably don't like them either. And just why do we have to shut down academics or learning? Why can't people just come at this as a point of wanting to learn and explore and discover and see if something is real? I mean, why why do people want to shut that down with just having their own little beliefs? I don't understand. Well, you know what's interesting? Paul, Paul mentioned this. The, the academics aren't the one who are, who are looking at this. They're all about money and they're defensive. I, I, people ask me, well, why, why, why don't they, why aren't they finding this? It's like, well, first off, most of these academics, especially in history, they're older folks. Yeah. Um, and they, they're already established and they're established because they stand and they've, they, they have some pitch into the industry that people have accepted. Yeah. So now all of a sudden, 
if, uh, you know, this old bearded clown comes along <laughs> and says they're wrong and proves they're wrong. Oh, God, now, that's the worst. You prove worst. somebody wrong and they're yeah. really going to hate you. Right. But so they got money, they got resources, and they are the keepers of the narrative. So are they going to help people prove them wrong or are they going to make sure well, they stay it, right? Wasn't it Plato that, or was it Socrates? I can't remember that was put in jail for his heretic beliefs. Socrates, that this is see, they, the Atlantis. But he was the, right. The he whole was time. right. And everyone agrees that the people who put him to death were wrong. But yeah, that, that was Socrates. Well, they didn't really put him to death. They just kind of exiled him inside the community more than anything. And then they Socrates? killed him. Then they no. killed him. Look up Hemlock. Yeah, I mean, they, they put the dude to death. Yeah. Uh, they made him drink Hemlock. Well, they, they, I mean, they put everybody in jail who had a different view. I've yeah. done that with kings and queens and everything else. Yeah. It's, it's stupid. Just Just realize that you're not that smart. You know, everybody has to realize you only know what you know. And at that point, even what you know could be wrong. Because yep. you had to learn it from someone, usually. Usually yeah. you had to learn it from someone. So you're trusting them to be right. True. And then do you interpret it correctly? Maybe not. It's, it's well, at least, you know, I think society is coming around. And hope to God we don't have another flood because I don't want to have to start all this crap over again. Mm. Uh, if we have one, I'm hoping I get wiped out. <laughs> you know? Just, I, don't, yeah, I, don't, I don't have a rebuild in me. You're, you're going to sit on your roof drinking a Mai Tai as the water comes? Hey, go in the basement, man. That speeds it along. Yeah, just go. Well, oh, gosh. But if you're up on the roof, you get to watch for at least it's 10 true. minutes. Well, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> you have a little fun. You say, oh, there's that asshole neighbor right there. <laughs> there goes your stupid ass truck. <laughs> oh, my God, Paul. <laughs> at least you get some kind of revenge and, you know, self, some self-aggrandizement before you get washed away and the dinosaurs take back over. I don't even want to think about that. <laughs> I do not even want to think about that. The marmosets will rule the earth. No? I don't know. Okay. I think bees. I think bees are up next. Bees? Bees? Yeah. yeah. Cat bees. If the bees huh? come well, up next, I'm screwed because I'm allergic to them. The cat bees. Ah, me too. Yeah. The cat know. bees. Oh my gosh. Remember that? Cat bees? Cat no. bees? It's no. a... Th- what is it? It's boots and cats. Yeah. Look, any pop, any pop culture reference, I'm not going to know. Back in the day, it was on YouTube. Boots and cats and boots and cats and boots and cats and boots and cats and cats and boots and boots and cats. That's all it says over and over. Over again. and over. But then it says cat bees. It's supposed to kind of represent what rap would sound like, I think, right? Uh, yeah, it sounded right. It's something like that. It's It's pretty silly and stupid. It's only really funny if you watch the video because it's got a cat. B. Yes. And a boot cat. It's mind numbing, no educational value <laughs> crap that my children are listening to on YouTube. But, you know, it's it's actually it wasn't too bad. You were laughing your ass off when you first heard it. Because it's just, it was mind numbingly stupid funny. You know? Yeah, it's just stupid. Sometimes you have to have the stupid. That's, True. That's why you hang around me, remember? Oh, gosh, Paul. What? <laughs> so uh, who now you don't have your list today do you so we, no. don't know who, we don't know who's coming up next because you write it down and i rely on you to write it down you forgot your list so it's not written down we're having a lady that's an attorney speak about family law oh yeah 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 She's, we're having someone to talk about ballet and opera and the, well randy over over back randy Overbeck, right yes he's ghost guy right is he ghost uh, let's see. I'm going to look at my spreadsheet here. Randy 
over back. There he is. Haunted Shores Mysteries. Oh, yes. It feature realistic researched interactions with the spirit world. This is where I start to become the skeptic. Yes, he's the skeptic. I am not the skeptic. I, I, I still have yet to have anybody give me a plausible reason why there's no... And it may be my own cognitive dissonance going on that there's no such thing as, you know, the hauntings, because wherever I go, there's no there's no ghosts. I think we should not close our mind to the idea of a possibility of things we I, cannot see. I'm, I'm not closing my mind to it, but at the same time, it's like, huh? What? You know, I, I I'm just I don't know. I try He's to be a skeptic. Open. Do you watch ghost adventures? I do not. I my youngest daughter does. Yeah, that dude, Zach Baggins. Bagans, yeah. I think I think he's proven it on that show. I mean, I think he's captured enough evidence. A lot of it's baloney, but I think he's captured some things that I think suggest something's going on. But that's a different that's that's a different part. The that's hard the other part guy. for me is that the hard part for me is is, is that I, I I make movies and I make TV shows and I I know how to make I know what they're doing. Yeah. Narratively. And so I find that sometimes I'm just seeing right through what they're doing because it's exactly what I would do if I wanted to put one on that was fake. Well, Zach Baggins has a, what, doesn't he have a place in what, Vegas? That's a scary museum or something like that. Yep. Uh, yep. He's got, I think it's the, the debit box. It's a Jewish folklore thing. She's she really would, she's been trying to hunt down the debit box I'm, for a while and there's like no one in the Jewish culture will ever speak to it. It's true. I'm writing a story on it, but, um, what is, what is it? I'm not, what, Jewish. What is it? It's the book box. The book. The yeah. book. The book it's box. A, well, it's a book spirit, but the book box is a, was what he has in his museum and supposedly it's possessed or has. Well, you give okay. this to someone to give them. Well, folklore culture, there's only one play on it. That's based upon, um, summoning the spirit back. I don't really know the full play because, it's in Hebrew and my Hebrew is not that great. So I can't really get an English translation, but it's based upon a mythological type story of a possession, like a de, de book, a malevolent spirit that supposedly lives. It has drawing to pictures of this spirit on your back and it makes you, I guess, kind of form a possession, but it's, it's kind of the culture's kind of basically trying to say, you know, don't kitty kitties don't mess with things you don't know anything about is kind of the purpose yeah. of the folklore. And there's not a, there's just not a lot of research that has been done that we've been able to locate. Correct. Now, I'm sure the research has been done somewhere, but we just haven't been able to find it. It's not a well discussed Every culture's got its own. Well, you've talked to rabbis and whatnot, and yeah. they will not talk to you about it. No, they all say it's a mythological type of cultural story, and I'm kind of like the Iliad, the Odyssey, but if, things I wonder like if that. You could get some of the uh, Hasidic. The Hasidics probably know all about it. They won't talk to me because I'm a female, and they won't talk to me because I'm not Jewish. Correct. Shit, man, I hate that. I'm a. I'm. 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 I'm just a lowly Gentile. Gentile, whatever that means. I don't know. Why would they call him a Gentile? I have no idea. That's a whole other topic. I don't know. Uh, but we're, we've only got two more guests that lined up right now, and that's going to go. We should be having our episodes current till New Year's, but I'm going to have to line up some more people. So if anybody's got any ideas out there, people we can interview, just talk about. Things. Or if you want to donate to Andrea's oh my Nutcracker gosh. Fund. 
you can do that on our page. It's There's a PayPal link there. You can just give us a little deal there. Or you can contact me directly by going to the website, paulgnewton.com. That's paulgnewton.com. And send me a message said, how do I get you a nutcracker? And for all you pervs out there, I'm not talking about testicle crackers. So stop it. She's mine, not yours. And nobody's, I'll, I'll shoot them in the face. If nobody's going to buy me a nutcracker. Nobody's going to buy you a I bet you a dollar shows up. Well, you will get your name set on air and a nice big thank you from me. And so. if you don't want your name set on air, I'll say this weirdo sent us a We're not going to use the word weirdo. Why not? Because They fun- may want me to use the word weirdo. Oh, we'll see. <laughs> you specify if anybody does it. And and if you want to support the show, please do. Please subscribe to our little podcast wherever you are at Apple or Amazon or Spotify or whatever the hell else is. We're on our every platform, literally. iHeartMedia, we're there. So it just feels subscribe, rate us. If you hate us, let it leave us a nice scaling review. I'd enjoy it. That'd be fun. I would. I will read it on air. You would read it on air. Yeah, I would, and and then I will do a backwards lookup and tell everyone your address. That's not nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's not nice. What? And the problem is, she knows me well enough that I pro- yeah, it's very possible. You probably that I, would. I would. Yes. <laughs> I, I'm not exactly nice sometimes. I tell everybody I'm an ass, not an asshole. Oh, Paul. What? I have to admit, these are all things I want to know. (laughs) (laughs) That was good. That was good. Not as not as good as what's his name, Uh, Dale Unro. Oh yeah, he said he's going to pray for you. Yeah, (laughs) I I said, Dale, can you pray for me? And he goes, Oh, I will. (laughs) (laughs) It's like he needs it. All right, so we appreciate you being on the program, and we encourage everyone to go to your website, which is once once again for me. Frequency99.com. Frequency99. Frequency. I can't say frequency for some reason. Frequency. That's what I'm saying right there. If you understood that, um, stop taking drugs. Uh, Frequency99.com and buy his books. And he's got the really cool one on Panama Red, which is, I think that might be interesting to correlate to. Um, some of the uh, so the people who are interested in the Mina uh, stuff because there's a big to do about about what went on in Mina where they the the guy the main guy who flew most of the drugs from South America and was flying most of the weapons to South America flew out of Mena, Arkansas. It's wow. we we know, know we did, yet. and okay. the whole area is corrupt. The 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 lawyer that was the criminal prosecutor. For the area, he was involved in this. He was buying and selling the drugs himself. He's in jail, lost his license. One would hope. Yeah, it's it's a big, big deal. I heard it on the uh, a Small Town Murder, mm-hmm. that podcast they were talking about. I was like, holy shit. So all this stuff is just, if we could just get everybody in the room who knows the facts on this kind of stuff, and he would be one of them. Uh, because he's he was there after the fact, so he can tell you what you know what happened, the, the ramifications of what happened. Put all this together, you could really figure out a good timeline of what's going on with the with with the Iran contract. Because hmm. I don't think the government was shipping drugs. I think the pilot said, <laughs> "I'm just going to ship them back." But he's got a great book on that. It sounds like, and I'd like to see that just because I'd like to tie it all together. Um, but if you want to learn more about Atlantis, there you go. You know where to go. 
Um, and I suppose that's it. I think so. Okay. Bye. Bye.